Are you ready to start living richer? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Live Richer podcast, hosted by Jamie Catmull, a podcast created for people to challenge and manage their ideas of wealth, culture, and money across the world, bringing you the best personal finance advice to make more, save more, and live richer. Now, here's your host, Jamie Catmull. Jamel Damji started out as a comedian, but there's nothing funny about his incredible journey from financial rock bottom to making millions over millions as a real estate mogul. He's the host of A&E's Triple Digit Flip, wholesaling expert for Bigger Pockets, and the co-founder of a nationally franchised real estate wholesaling outfit operating in 118 markets. He's dead serious about teaching people who want to get into real estate, but never thought they could before. Jamel says, you don't have to be rich to live richer. You will quickly feel his incredible energy and passion. I'm so happy to welcome Jamel to the podcast. All right, Jamel, I want to jump in right away. And I want to know, how did you get into real estate? I know that you said you had no credit, you had no money, but somehow you've become this huge real estate guru that everybody's following. And I wanted to know how did that happen? So independently of each other. So my getting started in real estate was really accidental, uh, to be honest. I, you know, I grew up in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and I really didn't have my eyes set on being a real estate investor. I actually wanted to initially become a doctor and I didn't get into medical school. So I'm, you know, uh, here I am just needing to decide and figure out my own destiny, right? And I, I, I try to get into med school. They reject me. I'm like, completely devastated and I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I get into this media company. A friend of mine was, you know, in the infancy of the internet was, uh, had a media company where he was convincing business owners to go online. You know, not only they should they spend money on yellow page advertising, but they should put a little bit of their marketing budget towards this thing called the internet because it's going to revolutionize the way people do business. And so this was my job, right? I would call people and and convince them that the internet was real and they should, you know, build a website for their company if they want to be found. And the sooner they did it, the better, because Google was going to, you know, take over the world. It was pretty prophetic at the time. But, you know, the, the thing is, is it put me in proximity to people who were in real estate. Now, the media company failed. And so that never happened. And But it's interesting that it put me in proximity to some real estate investors that were doing luxury development in Calgary where I was living. And as I was forcing myself into conversations with them, listening to the things that they were talking about, I eventually came, a, came in to understand that they needed more building lots. They were looking for more houses to demolish so that they could build these luxury duplexes, and that was their limiting factor. And once I could put my finger on what the limiting factor is, what did they not have enough of? What problem could I solve? That was the problem that I went to go solve then. So the next day, after hearing they're looking for more of these properties to redevelop, I'm walking my dog, and I... I actually live in a neighborhood where these developments that they were doing were taking place. And I passed by a house that I had actually tried to rent a few months earlier, but was unable to because it was a couple hundred dollars a month out of my rent budget. And so I just, so this is like the financial situation I'm in, right? At $200 a month was that, that decided where I lived. And so I just called, I called the person and I said, look, it looks like you're having a hard time renting this house. I, you know, I, I know you've had it available for months would you sell it instead of renting it? 
And the answer the lady had was, sure, it just has to be the right price. I'm not going to give the house away, but I'm tired of this rental thing. It's, you know, it's not working out for me. And I asked what number she wanted, and her answer was 350000 So now I have a price that I know the seller will sell at. So I run to my friends and, you know, who are developing, and I ask what would they would pay for this, right? Most people just say, hey, I can get this for three fifty. dollars You know, what, what, what can we do? That's not how my mind worked. My mind worked as, okay, I know I can get it for three fifty. dollars What do you buy it for? And, and their answer was, well, we'd pay 400000 for this immediately. So now I have this $50,000 problem to solve, right? Because I, I don't have the money to buy the house, but I have a buyer for it. If I can just figure out how to bridge the, the transaction, how to get the house from this woman to this developer and somehow fit myself in the middle for the, for the difference in price. And so I start cold calling real estate lawyers. And I get all the way to the letter S because it's, you know, I, like I, the, the name of the lawyer will never escape me. His name is David Steed. Uh, and, and he was so fresh out of law school, he answered his own phone. So he didn't even have the money yet for a paralegal, right? So he, he, he answers the call and I, and I just explain, I dive right in. I tell him, look, I'm, I have this chance to buy a house. I have a buyer for it. I can make $50,000, but I have no money. Is there, a thing I can, is there anything I can do here? Do you know of any process? And he's like, yeah, this is easy. It's called a skip transfer. You're just going to basically, you're going to purchase it, but you're going to use your buyer's funds to close your transaction. It's called a pass-through transaction. We're going to use your buyer's funds to close your, your transaction, and the money in the middle is what you get to keep. And I'm like, oh, I was like, okay, well, how do I do it? He's like, very simply, you need two contracts, one where you're the buyer, one where you're the seller, fill all those contracts out, make sure the close date is the exact same so that it's a simultaneous closing, same day, and make sure you get a deposit from your buyer that's non-refundable so that they're stuck, so that they can't go anywhere. You, you know you have them locked in. Once you have all that, bring the check, bring the contracts to my office I'll do the conveyancing. It takes me a couple of weeks and then I'll have a check for you. And I'm just, at this point, I'm thinking, what? Really? So I do it, right? I have nothing to lose. I go and I sign the deed. I sign the contract with this lady at 350000 I sign a contract to sell with my friends at 400000 I get a $5,000 check from my friends, take both contracts to the attorney. And no joke, 10 days later, I had a check, a cashier's check for like $48,000 in change because there were some legal fees that, that came out of my proceeds. But it was life-changing for me, because this is a kid who grew up with my parents working for, you know, 5 to $8 an hour. And, and that's what I understood. I'm, I, and at the same time, I'm in a business right now that's losing money every month. So I'm, I'm, not even, I'm not even earning well in the media company. But now I have a cashier's check in my wallet for $48,000, and I have a skill. I, I now know that you can do this. And that's what changed my life. What did you do with that first check? I'm just curious. I, it's such a funny <laughs> question. You asked this. No one, very few people have asked, but I folded it up and I put it in my wallet and I held it for like four months until it got all creased and really like it was falling apart. I would just look at it. And, and then eventually somebody said, my sister actually was like, dude, you have to cash these things. They go, <laughs> they go bad after six months. Like, you have to cash it. You can't just keep it in your wallet. That's not how, that's not how it works. Yeah. So I did. I cashed it and put it in the bank. And, and um, you know, that was, it was it pretty, pretty wild to see, to see a balance like that. So did, after you put it in there, decide, hey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm just going to start focusing in on real estate? Hell yeah. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I did. I just went crazy because 
now I knew that I could call for rents, right? So I would get the newspaper because this is like, this is early 2000s. So I would go buy the newspaper and I'd get the classified section and I'd look at the for rent of the classifieds in the newspaper and I would call all of the for rents and I would just ask if they'd want to sell instead of rent. And this was my leads. This is what I would do every day. And, and nobody else was doing it. I'm, all, I'm in this blue ocean all by myself, literally swimming all alone. And, I, and I'm, I'm picking what I want. I get to take anything I like because there's nobody competing with me. And then I realized that, okay, if I can do this with houses, why can't I do this with apartment buildings? Because I'm seeing all these people, they, they're redeveloping these apartment buildings from, from apartments to condominiums. And it's happening everywhere in the same neighborhoods where these duplexes are being built, right? I don't know anything about real estate, so gentrification isn't a concept that I'm familiar with at the time. I'm just seeing people build stuff and knock stuff down. So I'm like, if I can find the things that they want to knock down, then I have an opportunity to make money. And so then I started driving around the city looking for handwritten for rent signs on those older buildings. You know, I, that, that way I knew it was self-managed. It wasn't a property management company. It was some crusty old guy or lady that would pick up the phone and answer the phone and, and talk to me about their building and potentially sell. And then I started doing those. And I would, I would sell those to developers and make $100,000 in hours. And I, you know, for, again, for me, I'm just, this is life-changing, right? So I, I go really crazy. <laughs> I, get, I get so good at this that I open my eyes one day and I've got $12 million in the bank. And I'm like, holy crap, right? This is, this is wild. And so my, I get my sister to quit her job. You know, my sister's working with me now. Mom and dad, we buy them a beautiful home on the lake. And, you know, on Mother's Day one day, I say to my mom, just, hey, get in the car and, and let's go. And, and my dad and mom get in a car and we drive my parents to their new home that has brand new clothes in it. They're just, we just say, never go back. Never go back to the old house. It's like everything you want is in this house now. Your pets are here. Your clothes are here. You have a new car. You have a new house. Thank you guys for being inc incredible parents. And so this is, where we're, this is where we get to. And life is really, it looks really good you know, for a minute. <laughs> and, then, and then I get out of my, my core competency, which is wholesaling, which is that process of you know, just buying and selling contracts. And I want to now develop. So I, cause I, I, you know, I'm young, right? I'm in my twenties and I see a, I see a developer that I sell a building to pull up in a Rolls Royce. And I, and you know, as a guy at that age, I'm like, wow, what does that feel like? Right? Like, what is that like? Even though I have millions in the bank, I'm still, I'm still, still in more, right? space. <laughs> I still want more. I still want to know what it's like to be that, to be him, you know? And so I said, okay, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be him. So the next four buildings that I get under contract, I decide I'm not going to sell. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close on them. And we're going to do the renovations ourselves. We're going to do the development. We're going to condominiumize these Whoa. buildings. And I'm going to be the guy in the Rolls Royce, right? And this is like end of 2007. Okay. And so, you know, I, I, we purchased these buildings. We close on them. I, and now I, all my cash is gone and I still need more money for renovations. And so I go to the banks and I get construction loans. And I have my parents co-sign those construction loans for me. And so we get to this place where I like shoot up to the top of the mountain and then I get to the bottom of it as quickly as I got to the top because the financial crisis happens and the, we lose all of the buildings. I lose all of the cash that I put down in them. I lose all the money I spent in renovations. And in fact, 
we lose my parents' home, we lose my home, we lose our cars, everything gets repossessed from the bank. And it's this like incredibly, it's like comedic now looking back at it, just how fast the rise and fall was, right? It was just, it was, it was really, it was jarring, you know? And, and so we get to this place where now, you know, my mom and dad, my sister, niece, her husband, we have a 150 pound dog, a cat, and me end up living in a two bedroom, one bath apartment. Oh my goodness. Because that's all we can afford, right? So we go from, you know, millions in the bank to how are we going to pay $900 for this apartment a month? So that was it. The, the thing about it, which was really, really good is that in all of that, you know, my mom and dad, my family, my sister, they, they stuck by me, you know, they never, nobody ever said, oh, you, you know, you ruined us. You, you lost our home. You, you put us in ruin. It wasn't, it wasn't that at all. It was just love and nobody, nobody even blamed me. Even to this day, nobody says, remember that time you made us homeless, you know? Oh, it, really? It, They're amazing. Ne never, never. I, I've never had anybody give me a hard time over it. And, 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 and I think that kind of made it worse, you know, because <laughs> I, I realized just how incredible my, my family is. And, you know, um, it's been good. You know, I, we, we, as we've kind of, as we've done well again, you know, we still take care of our parents and my sister's still my business partner. So it's pretty incredible. Yeah, because so many families, you know, they always say, don't do business with your family, because when things like this happen, a lot of families never speak to each other again, and they break up. So that just is pretty heartwarming and amazing that your family stood by you, and they believed in you, and look at you now, <laughs> killing yeah, it again. They knew you could. Cool. I think that's a great story and a great lesson in itself, just because you failed didn't mean you couldn't go right back up again. And they knew it. Exactly. They knew it just as easy as you went up the last time you could do it again. So did you just turn back around and get back in the wholesale game, even though no. the financial crisis happened? You know, I think that's what people are even worried about now when it comes to getting involved in real estate. More millionaires are made through real estate, but people are still a little scared right now when it comes to it. They want to do it. So what would you say is the safest bet? I mean, is it even safe to get involved in real estate right now? Great question. And I'll, I'll answer it in a couple of ways, right? So, so first, back at that time, I didn't, I didn't get right back into real estate. I actually was so shell-shocked by what had happened. I needed a break. And so I, I had said to my parents and family, look, I, I'm going to go try my hand at comedy. You know, comedy? Yeah, so I know. I, I would have never guessed. Sorry, I interrupted no. you there. I never would have guessed. No, so it... it you know, I, I've, I've always been a, a, a writer and a creative in that way. And so I wanted to try. And, you know, they, they were supportive. They're like, well, you, you made it in real estate. You probably could make it in entertainment. So let's, let's see what happens. And so I, I go and do that for a little while. And, right, like comedians don't make money. They, n n none of them do. Until you're at the top of the game in A-lister you know, a movies, you're, you're just barely pulling it together, you know. And so I'm in entertainment. I'm in L.A. I'm trying to arbitrage, you know, uh, somewhat paying my life expenses out there because it's tough, right? It, it rents hard. Learning how to be a comedian is hard. Life is hard. It's just tough. You know, then I start looking at Phoenix because I see that in Phoenix, you can buy these condominiums for like 25 grand because it was the bottom of the market now, right? And they'll rent for 850 bucks a month. 25 grand for $850 a month. That's crazy. You know, like wh where can you get returns like that outside of a Ponzi scheme? 
And so I, you know, was like, okay, well, obviously I got to like do, I got, I got to do something in real estate because I get it. And this is just an opportunity I don't want to pass. So then I start dipping my toes back in it again. And, you know, I'm in LA doing comedy and, and I'm playing around with real estate in Phoenix. And all of a sudden, in a couple of minutes, you know, I, I, I have a deal under contract and I write an ad on Craigslist and I sell it. I make 18,000 bucks. And again, it's just like that, like, right. And I'm, you know, I think to myself, like, holy crap, I've been sitting here, like, busting my butt in comedy, trying to make something happen for me, myself here. Nothing's worked. And I, and I put my finger in the real estate world for a couple of minutes and I make 18,000 bucks. Like, what is going on? And what is God trying to tell me? You know, like, what am I, I obviously should not be where I am right now. I should be looking at real estate as, as a career again. And, and maybe it's time for me to, to go back. But, you know, I, I, I dabble a little bit. And then finally on my birthday, which is December 12th, on 12-12-12, pretty interesting day, I, I leave LA. I leave my dreams of, you know, television and stardom. And I move to Phoenix to become a real estate investor. I'm crying on my on the drive on the 10 because I feel oh. so sorry for myself for, you know, leaving behind all my dreams and trading, selling my soul for money and all these stupid <laughs> ideas I had in my head. But it was incredible, right? It was one of the best decisions I made because I did it because I had, to, I had to show back up for my family. I needed to make right what we had done, you know, like the, all the carnage. And uh, it's been great. You know, I, I, since then, my wholesale company has become the largest in the nation. We're franchised in over 118 markets across the U.S. You know, my, my corporate stores do over a million dollars a month in, in revenue. And actually, in 2022, we did $38 million in, in gross profit and $18 million in net. And so, like, you know, looking at that, I think, wow, this little kid from Calgary, Alberta, that had no, didn't get into medical school, has built this incredible thing. And to finally circle back to your question about is real estate a good time to get in? Yes. Yes. For anybody who's, in, who's listening to this right now, and they've got the voice in their head saying to them, wait, that same voice that told you to wait when the market went crazy in the pandemic. It's the same voice that told you to wait the last time things ran up. It's the same voice, that voice of fear, of contraction that tells you you don't understand or you don't know enough. Now, the beauty about wholesaling is that you never get caught with your pants down in a house because I don't own anything. I'm selling my contracts all the time. And so all I'm doing as a wholesaler is paying attention to price, right? I have, you look at, look at wholesaling like a stockbroker would, right? The, how a stockbroker trades in stocks in the, in the market. Mm -hmm. A stockbroker just says, hey, this, this stock might be going up, might be going down. I think this is a good bet. I think this is a good sell. I think this is a good... And that's what, what we do in wholesale. I'm watching the market every single day and I'm seeing where's demand? How many days on market are we? Where's the, where are houses selling faster than, than where they aren't? What price points do we need to be focused in? And because there's so many people in the, in the world of real estate investing as fix and flippers, as new developers, as buy and hold, short-term rental, all these different, so all many these different ways that people make money in real estate, well, they need to buy their houses from someone. They need to buy their projects from, they don't have the time to f source their projects. They're doing their projects. It sounds easy, but say I found someone. Do I have to go put her under contract, put down the earnest money, then go find the wholesaler? I mean, how do you do it? How, what was the process? Or Because I signed the contract, I would probably have to put down the earnest money 
and then get the wholesaler? Or do you go get the wholesaler before you sign the contract? So I, I am the wholesaler, right? So I mean, so not the in, wholesaler. In, I mean, the investor, the, the buyer. buyer. Thank the you buyer. for you say, yeah, explaining no, that to me. No problem. So I, I've got, so here's the beautiful thing about this, this business of wholesaling, which has really changed in the last, you know, 10 years since I've entered it. We've built what's called a dispositions company, right? My company, Keegley, is a nationally franchised dispositions company, it, meaning that if you're a new wholesaler and you're out there knocking on doors, calling people, looking at lead lists for you know, code violations or you know, uh, evictions, tied landlords, whatever it is that you're going after for your lead source, probates, it doesn't matter. You're getting a hold of homeowners in distress and you're... And, once you understand what a deal is and you understand where the numbers need to be, we don't buy houses that are pretty. I don't buy houses that are nice. I buy houses that are junk. I buy houses that need love, right? I buy the stuff that you throw your shoes out after you walk inside the house. I buy the hoarder houses that have so much garbage in it, you need you know five dumpsters to fill before you can even safely walk around in it. That's what I'm buying. And, and you know the thing is, is that at any given point, there's 15 million of these houses in the United States sitting vacant anytime. Right now, 15 million. Tomorrow, 15 million. Yesterday, 15 million. For every house I take off the market, another one pops back up. This is just the nature of what it is to be alive in the United States. We don't, not 15% of the population or 15% of the homes out there are, have some form of a distress situation going on, in, going on with them. And so, because this is going, this is happening, this is you know, it, it's making the neighborhoods, these houses in diminish in value, right? When these houses sit vacant, now all of a sudden you've got people breaking in and squatters and drug use and prostitution and all the things like this goes on. You know, how much, how much of this I actually have to deal with when I buy these homes and, and to get them safe enough just for my workers to go in there and do, and, you know, do a project or for someone else's workers to go in and do a project. These houses need love, right? They've been overrun. And so, with that said, right, the, the, this, this whole concept of what we do, because I've got this disposition company, say you're a brand new wholesaler uh -huh. and you're out there knocking doors and you get the house under contract, you just bring the deal to my company. My company sells it for you or I buy it, right? So, so we've made the process for a new wholesaler so easy that that's the reason why wholesales become so popular right now. This is the reason why oh. they gave Pace and I a television show is that they're like, you know, this, this concept of of buying and selling contracts is now not underground. It's becoming more and more mainstream every day. I mean, you know, Pace and I did the first televised wholesale transaction in the history of the country just in our show last season, which is neat, right? Yeah. This has never been talked about before. Yeah, I had never even heard about it. It's I mean, I've talked to a lot of people and they've said a lot of different things, but they never said this. And right. when I was watching the video and everything and listening to your stuff, I was like, this seems too easy. I mean, there has to be a catch. That's what I, it, it, I mean, it's seriously. It's not easy. But it it's seemed like easy. that you could do it without being rich. I guess that's what I should say. Yeah. I always thought to get involved in real estate, I either had to know people with money or I had to have money and had to have a lot and of that's it. that's not true. That's not true. In fact, I, I, I routinely, I, I've got over 4,000 people in my community that I've taught how to do this. And I'm watching people change their lives every single day. Look, like it's one thing I make a ton of money doing this, which is fun, right? I mm -hmm. but there's only so much you can do with money, you know. That like really, like I I've I've done I've done everything I could possibly want that my mind can think of that 
that I have a desire for, I've been able to accomplish and do with cash, right? So I don't have desires for money anymore. I'm pretty simple. I like, I wear black t-shirts. Uh, you know, I like a fresh pair of Jordans and that's about my, the complexity of my life, right? I, I, and, I, and I like to have a, a nice vehicle to pop into. That's it. Beyond that, I'm, I'm pretty simple. So what am I going to do with all the money, right? You, like, what do you do? So I teach people, I show people how to do this because I love it. It's, it's actually, it's so fun to watch somebody who didn't know how they were going to pay their bills last month make 30 grand. To go from that mindset of, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills to, I just got a $30,000 wire to see what happens to somebody's face, to see what happens in somebody's mind, to watch the barriers of limits just dissolve in someone's world like that. It's one of the most rewarding things I've ever experienced in my life. And I'm addicted to it now. Like I, I truly have this, I, I, it's almost, I've, I've almost become a maniac at how much I'm, how much I desire to watch other people win. It's, it's, it's crazy, honestly, but I love it. Well, I'm, ex I'm glad that you're doing it because I think a lot of us felt, like I said before, it was something that's untouchable and it's only saved for a certain group of people. So when you're saying, hey, it's not, if you're willing to put in the work, right, go find those properties. And then I guess you have the tools to help people find those properties. You can do it. If you're Correct. committed and you want to go out there and really try, you could do this. Yep. Even the people who aren't committed. Let me tell you something else I see, right? Some, some folks just look at this as a side hustle. And that's also cool. That's yeah. also okay. So they come in, they have their W-2 job. And so, for instance, Brittany Berryman, she's, she's one of my... Uh, community members, and she's she's phenomenal. She's got a great W two job. She makes over a hundred grand a year in her W two, so she's not needing anything. She's a CrossFit lady, so she's super dedicated to her gym. You know her time, but she's like, I'm still bored. I still I wanted to you know explore this idea of being a real estate investor. It's not because I need the money. It's just because I I'm bored and I want to. I just want to see what it's all about. So she comes in. She now makes. A hundred thousand a month. A month. In her real she goes to her W two because she enjoys it. Because she enjoys it. And 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 this is you can look her up. I can't I and you know, Brittany Berryman, she's all over all right. social media. Send her a DM. Ask her if I'm full of crap. Go ahead. This is the things that I'm watching people do. You you see you see another late Tabitha, she's one of my community members as well. This is a nurse, right? She uh -huh. was she got beat up during COVID, right? And really, it was one of the hardest times of her life. She said, I was watching people die. We were understaffed. You know, everybody was tense. The public was angry at us. I'm just following protocol that the, that the hospital is making us follow. And I'm, you know, it's just, it's just nonsense. I'm, I'm being completely overworked, underappreciated, and, and life is hard. So she joins the community and, and she's, got a, she's got a job. She's got to work in the nurse. So she doesn't even have time. She's got this much time in the day to be able to do anything. Well, in that time, she starts taking the steps. She starts doing the work, making the phone calls, talking to people, creating the relationships. So she's now quit her job as a nurse and she earns more money a month than the doctors that she was working with. So do you think with a lot more people getting into the market, the people still can do this? There's no such thing as an oversaturation. There's, as I said, 15 million of these properties in the United States at any given point that are vacant and in distress. 
And if I if I teach another five hundred of if another five hundred people, it ain't gonna do anything to the number of homes. If I teach, I've I've already taught four thousand people, over four thousand people, how to do this, and it hasn't made a dent on that fifteen million number. You're gonna have to teach me. <laughs> I'm happy to. I'm serious. I'm like happy you got to. you got to teach me. I'm like man, is it, I could do this. I could do this. Look, I, I'm I'm not kidding. Come in, take a look, see what it is. Like you, this is. This is one of the things that uh, it, it, it truly is remarkable to me. This is what makes me feel that if you are living in a situation in life where you don't have enough, it's a choice because there's enough information out there. There's enough people out there. There's enough opportunity to get out of that, regardless of where you are sociologically, you know, economically, you have options. People like me didn't, who looked like me, didn't have options before. We, we really didn't. Information was being hoarded. It was being kept. It's not the same. It's not the world we live in anymore. You know, the internet has democratized information and it's given people opportunity. And now we all have a choice. Now we get to decide, do we wake up in the morning and decide how we want to live? And if we can, we put the work in, we get the result. And then we can then take that result and share it with people and watch it just proliferate and come and you know come back full circle and watch communities uplift and do things i'd be grateful to be able to show you jamie i am going to make you do that actually i'm just not saying it i'm going to do it because it's weird that i'm talking to you today we i've been talking to lots of people about all these different ways to get involved into the real estate game and to me, this just seems like something that would resonate with me and I think a lot of different people, but I always thought that I didn't have enough money. I'll be honest. I'm the person who's always thought that, that I didn't have. It's not the truth. I was like, there's no way that I could do it. And unless I thought, well, should I go get a real estate license? Should I do this or that? I just didn't know how I was going to do it. And this just seems like it's an opportunity. And I, that's why I wanted you to come on the show too was to share it with more people because I know a lot of people and they've asked me all the time, Jamie, how do I get involved in it? And I only knew the standard things, you know, you got to go, you know, the fix or flip stuff. I know that I've had Mandy on the show and different people when it comes to that. And then just other people like the Robert Kiyosaki's and people like that telling me go out, find the properties. And no one has said something. Yes. And do rentals is a huge thing. And a lot of people don't want to get in the rental game, right? And how am I going to no, manage them and have management at, companies? Yeah, look at the rates right now. It's just, it's, you know, it's, here's the other piece, right? If we look at my wholesale business that I built, I've done that. I've done it in seven years. Okay. You know how many rentals I would need to own to, to net $18 million in a year in, 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 in income? You know how, how many thousands of houses I'd need to own? How much brain damage that would cause me? A lot. You'd have to have a management company running those. And- multiple. Multiple. Multiple management companies. I, look, you have to be owed in apartment complexes. You have to be doing some major stuff I'd have, like I'd that. I'd have to have hundred. I'd have to have thousands <laughs> of doors. Not just you know. I'd have to have multiple A class apartment complexes, and I would be running a massive operation if that was the case, right? And if this was in rental income, rental income just isn't good enough for me to be up straight up with you. It, it's not. I'm not excited by five hundred dollars a month. That doesn't excite me. That won't get me up in the morning. It do, it doesn't. Right. It's just not. I. I now, I'm 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 not used to numbers like that, so I don't think like that. I don't think in those terms. I'm looking at what's the value in the uh, in the situation. What value can I add to this situation? And sometimes I do the project too. I don't always wholesale, right? I have a fe- I have a television show where we fix and flip properties, 
and and we do quite well on that. But I'll also share this with you, Jamie. In 2022, my fix and flip business ultimately lost half a million dollars. My wholesale business made 18 million. Jamel and I had so much to talk about, more than what we could fit into one episode. Make sure to listen to part two for the rest of the conversation. So everybody remember, the one thing I always tell you to remember, and that is to live richer. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Before you go, we'd love for you to subscribe to our show to catch all of our updates. Also, we want to hear from you. What are your burning questions about money and how to live your best life? Reach us at livericherpod at gobankingrates.com.